Well, this this whole place is really inspiring, Chris. Oh, thank you. Yeah, walking around, it's like, oh, this is so nice. It's so. Um, you also feel like you're. Uh, do you know the concept of like a liminal space? Liminal it's, space. It's like a space that exists outside of time. Oh. Okay. So like when you step in here, it's like, oh yeah, you're like on a different planet. You are listening to the Shortcut, a podcast about short films and the people who make them. Brought to you by Stage One Creative Spaces. Glad you were able to find. Uh, Something for them to do today. I appreciate you guys. Oh being yeah, here today. of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, welcome everyone to back to the shortcut. I'm your host Christopher Denise, and with me today is Eric Shapiro, uh, filmmaker extraordinaire among many other talents. Eric, why don't you uh, go ahead and give us a little introduction? Thank you for having me, Chris. Um, well, of late, I've been focused more on screenwriting, but during my 14 years I lived in LA, uh, I produced and directed a couple of independent feature films, both of which got distributed. Uh, the first one was called Rule of Three, that came out in 2010. The second one was called Living Things, that came out in 2014. And uh, of late, the past couple years, it's been more, um, there's not much detail I can go into, but I can say um, <laughs> writing a biopic about a figure in sports that is uh, made good momentum through a studio in LA and then I have another project uh, with a good producer who's produced movies with uh, Robert De Niro and Mark Wahlberg mm -hmm. and Pierce Brosnan and Nicolas Cage. And he just optioned another screenplay I co-wrote with another writer. So lately it's been, uh, since I've lived in the Bay, it's sort of shifted to short filmmaking, which I think is going to be one of today's subjects. Yeah. And then also, <laughs> and then also uh, screenwriting uh, with less of the impetus on directing. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's the film you... How about okay. the rest of you? The rest of me, what do I what do I do? It's you know, it's interesting. As I get older, I just turned forty four. Okay, I uh, find myself wondering if I'll always be eclectic or if I'll ever focus a little more. Because of late, it's been journalism. My wife Rhoda and I co-own a newspaper which she founded called the Milpitas Beat. So it brings uh, local news to Milpitas, and I do uh, not only reporting but op an opinion column at that paper for which I won a California Journalism Award. Ooh, nice. So that was like that was like a whole avenue that opened up. It's like, <laughs> oh, maybe I just do this, but it always seems eclectic. So journalism, then I also have ghostwriting clients <laughs> uh, in the political sphere. So whether I'm helping them with speeches or their life story, like I'm always doing that. And then my wife uh, it has marketing clients as well. So it's a mishmash of journalism, marketing, ghostwriting, screenwriting, things like that. Yeah. All right, um, so you are the consummate artist. You're listening to The Shortcut. I guess so, yeah. It's, it's so interesting how the more practical it becomes, the more day-to-day -day it becomes, the less I think of myself as an artist. It's more like, <laughs> it's like logistics and nuts and bolts and get it done. Not to make it sound like I'm dispassionate because I'm really excited and passionate about it, but yeah. it's... Uh, yeah, it's a strange term to carry with you as you get older. There, there is yeah, so there, much yeah. administration that comes to commercial artistry. Well said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally feel for you there. I think that's yeah. one of the biggest things that dogs me here at the studios is f that feeling that, man, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing the creative side of things. I'm, I'm not getting the creative juices flowing as much as I should be. Uh, you know, I'm working too much on the back end. Uh, you know, and, I, and I get to these points, uh, as I'm sure you do, where I miss being in the in the middle of things, I miss the, the day yeah. Day. But it's interesting uh, and very well said in terms of administration and just the way that all unfolds. But it's interesting how people that are too leveraged on the creative side 
oftentimes can't get things done. And like, mm. I also know people like, not only can they not get, get things done, but they have trouble getting things started right. because they're so creative and they're in this sort of juvenile or teenage frame of mind, even if they may be older, where they're like, well, it's all about the creativity and the imagination yeah. and you know, they're, uh, they're super into pop culture, yeah. but uh, the whole logistical end of it is a whole other set of skills. And if you develop those, you can be really effective in the yeah. world. It might not be as sexy or as romanticized, <laughs> but yeah. You are listening to The Shortcut. So, let's move on to short films. That's oh, what we're sure. here talking about. Uh, your last short film. What's the last short film? What was the last one? Um, you know, what's really interesting, what started happening is I started being hired by different clients. Usually they would come to me for uh, writing or ghostwriting, yeah. and then they would realize I have production experience, and <laughs> they would hire me to do shorts, which is a really strange thing. So the last one was right before... COVID lockdown, it was the end of 2019. It was a pilot, actually. It was 11 minutes long called The Dish Pig. Okay. Yeah. And, the um, Dish Pig. Yeah, which was interesting. So it completely wasn't my idea. It was an Australian client named Tony Robinson, and he had an idea of an Australian dish, dishwasher in the United States, and he was just like, he's like right of center, and he's real disenfranchised and like at, at odds with society and everybody he works with, like he's not up to date with them and he's just uh, not getting along with them. So we actually shot an episode with like nine actors and, okay. and yeah, and it was funny, it was a comedy, it was okay. silly. So that was the last one. And then in the couple years leading up to that, there was I was hired to do a trailer uh, for a series called Heavy, which was really cool. Um, and Heavy is about a guy, um, when he touches you, he takes your trauma away. Oh, so okay. that was a really cool premise. It was also the client's premise. So that was an in, that's an interesting part of the administrative yeah. side, too, where sometimes ideas come to you, and they're not your own, but you might think, oh, I, I can in, interpret this or execute this in an exciting way. Well, let's talk about that. So okay. a lot of my previous clients, clients, good Lord, a lot of my <laughs> previous guests on the show have actually talked a lot about, we've been discussing recently, people who aren't here to just be a director or just be famous, right? Like, which right. is why so many people end up going into this and I think failing a lot of the times. Um, you clearly are a writer, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and obviously you've done uh, quite a bit of directing as well, mm -hmm. but it sounds like your path into short films was very much um, on the writing side of things and for other people. Yeah, yeah, well said, yeah. Um, that, that is so uh, well put all the way around because even, so I've done shorts. I mean, part of developing as a filmmaker before I did features, like long ago, in college and high school, I did shorts. So yeah. shorts are part of the development. It's part of practicing. It's part of right. learning how to tell a story. But you're so right. In terms of so um, flash forward after college, 14 years later, I've done the whole L.A. experience. I've done a couple features. Up here, I started doing shorts through all different avenues. I would say about half of them were clients, like somebody else had an idea or a script or they had money and they needed me to help execute it. I'm like, if I can find a personal way into this, I can make this good. Right. It's different if it's not your own, but you know, you yeah. can, you can some, in some ways it can be better if it's not your own. It's yeah. like, because you're a little detached There's from it. There's a freedom there. There's a freedom there, exactly. So you might not be looking at it so closely or, um, but you're right, in, this, in terms of the practical avenue, it was absolutely writing, because these clients knew me as a writer, first and foremost. They're okay. like, ooh, he does all kinds of things. So there's that, too. And what was the other part of the question? You're listening to The Shortcut. It's just, it's so interesting how time, as time goes on, and you're just out there more, and you're doing things, and you have your, your catalog of works is, is growing. Um, it's just interesting, as 
as things add up, people just recognize you for doing the different things you do. And it's so interesting. I remember George Carlin, when he, you know, when he was older, in his 60s, like in the decade before he died, he was definitely being acknowledged as an elder statesman of comedy in, yeah. a, way, in a way he hadn't been. Up until that point, like everybody knew he was brilliant, that he's one of the best, and that became more and more his reputation. But in the late stages, like he was like Yoda. It's like <laughs> they were interviewing him for like wisdom. They're like, yeah, this is Carlin. Yeah. And they asked him, I remember John Stewart asked him like when that started happening, and he said it was simply just getting older. Yeah. He said simply, like, I've just been around for this much time, so I've, like, crossed into this generation, that generation. It's the exact same principle. It's like, so there's, like, a singularity of, you know, knowledge of people who know you, have heard of you, have seen your stuff, or recognize your authority, and that gets to a, a threshold, and... Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. You're listening to The Shortcut. You were talking about you know what you get known for, and it's funny you mentioned comedies earlier okay. because what I know you for are dark, sometimes creepy, sometimes yeah. uh, scary, almost horrific films. Then that's almost all I know you for. But yeah. clearly, that's not you know it doesn't seem to be the the primary genre you work with. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so amazing. Like one of my heroes in filmmaking is Oliver Stone. Yeah, and he explained like he's done he's been in so many worlds with his films. Like he a lot of people will stop him on the street and say, Oh my God, I love The Doors. Yeah. Like which is a, you know total rock and roll. Other people will stop him and say, You know Wall Street. I went and worked on Wall Street because you made Wall Street. Other people, it's like his political movies or he made Any Given Sunday, which is a football movie. Yeah. So it really is. I think. The, the word is, and it, it, I feel mixed about it, but I am eclectic. Um, the darkness is a streak through, like I definitely have footing in what they call, and I'm not crazy about this term because it's misleading, <laughs> they call it the horror community. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, it's very loose. It's like it's like a hodgepodge of people, mostly yeah. on social media. It's like, and they, they're in different, uh, you know, some of them belong to this club or this network or, or, or surrounding this publisher or whatnot. So sure. I, I have a footing in that, but I've always been uh, very much a lone wolf at the same time. Like I'm not like a joiner, like it's not like, like you know, with comedians usually, not only hang out together, but comedy is very much a medium where you have to practice it in front of people. Right. So they gain from workshopping, like, what do you think of this and so right. forth. So I've never been a comedian in that sense, and I've never really sought community. And when you take a step back, it's it's interesting how the different sectors I'm a part of react to the the sectors that they're not primarily aware of. In other words, people in Milpitas know me as a journalist, but they're also <laughs> peripherally aware that I'm a horror author or yeah. a horror filmmaker, and they're like, wow, that guy's you know a little eccentric, and he's, <laughs> he does scary stuff, and that's weird, especially for Milpitas, where yeah. most people are like in tech and so forth. Yeah. Or in the inverse, you have the horror community, where they're just writing about people's heads being chopped off, <laughs> and then they look at me and they're like, oh, he just wrote this op-ed about politics, and now I hate him. Like It's like, <laughs> what, what does he think he's doing? Like so. You're listening to The Shortcut. So what do you see uh, in your future? Uh, a, do you see any shorts in your future, and what does that future look like? Yeah, there is actually one. There's a gentleman named Tim Alcorn in Milpitas. Ah, we know yeah, Tim. You know Tim. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you know Tim? Uh, I think he held uh, or was at Diamond in the Rough Film Festival oh, okay. at our studio. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. yeah. He actually starred in and produced a short I wrote and directed called Alt, which okay. is also in post, and thank you for uh, taking the conversation in that direction because it went, uh, the hard drive went to the editor who's in LA a couple <laughs> months ago, but it's one of those things, it's like a zero budget short. Right. So when the editor is able to get to it, because he works yeah. professionally, he's a friend of mine, um, he's gonna open up time and we'll start the edit. It's like five minutes long. Yeah. So that's on the horizon, and in answer to your uh, general question, 
I would say um, there will absolutely in all likelihood be more, more shorts because they're, <laughs> they're fun to do. They only take like a one to three days of shooting. They tend to come up, like I see them just coming up. I'm very like into saying yes if they happen as long as the people are cool. And um, with Kamika, I mean, she's an excellent actor, excellent writer, producer. So she came, actually, we shot it at her home in Milpitas. We shot a, a short called Bango a couple of years yeah, ago. And one she's, of my yeah, and she's gotten that into like umpteenth festivals and it's won awards. And I see it more, it's more her baby, but I was able to direct it and I brought a lot yeah. of myself to it. And Rhoda, of course, is in it. And um, we also, you know, yeah, with her also, there was. First impressions, which you were gracious enough. Yeah. I know you've screened a couple of these uh, at your festivals. I mean, they're, yeah. they're some of the best films uh, that I think we've had at our festival. Oh, thank you for yeah. saying that. Thank you so much. And First Impressions, it's interesting in terms of the passion for short filmmaking because First Impressions, even having made a couple features, and I've probably made like in my professional life maybe half a dozen shorts by now. Yeah. Uh, first Impressions is my favorite of all my films. Oh, good. Like that's, good. that's the one I, and it's, it's so short, like it's like four minutes long. Yeah. But it's, so it's like, um, so maybe it could be because it's so short that there's not a lot of room for mistakes. Like, like I'm happy with every single moment of it. Like yes, that's part of it. Yes, but at the same yeah. time, isn't it more difficult? And this is one of the things that I think okay. is difficult about short filmmaking is to wrap all of that together, every, get every little nuance out in four minutes. Yeah, you thank you. So, thank you for saying yeah. that. You're listening to The Shortcut. And it was actually Rhoda my wife that uh, instilled this in me years ago because we've been together for 25 years. I remember there was, I used to make shorts like in high school before yeah. we met in college. And the emotion in the shorts was always like, uh, and I'm a, I'm a big Tarantino fan, so I'm not saying this in a negative way, but it was always a Tarantino kind of emotion. Yeah. Like always like electrifying, like boom, yeah. like ah, like, like it's not like I wouldn't go for more nuanced emotions. And I remember yeah. Rhoda saying to me, because uh, she's an extraordinary writer and screenwriter and all these things. I remember we were on a plane trip from the East Coast to the West Coast and she said, Look, your work, it's always electric. You go for yeah. this electric thing, but try for different emotions. Like, play with different emotions. And it really changed my life. Like, it opened me. I was like, okay, I'll try. And it, uh, you gain a lot of humility and a lot of introspection. It's like, okay, what's in here? And then it makes you more vulnerable as an artist. And it's always about the search for the feeling, even if it's four minutes long or if it's 90 minutes long. Yeah. So in something like First Impressions, it's like the challenge is, it's like, all right, this is a horror film. Can this be legitimately frightening in four minutes? Like, yeah. that was the challenge. And like, it's like, okay, so we're doing this and we're doing that. We're do and it's like, I always refer to that film as a ship in a bottle. Because it's like, <laughs> all right, every single little moment counts. Yep. Like, there's no room to just like let the camera rest for two minutes and to yeah. play around. You can so, have a nice yeah. long shot yeah. of you know, the cowboy going over the Right, hill, exactly. Like. Yeah, yeah. And you're sort of <laughs> ventilating for a moment. You're listening to The Shortcut. There's so much to be said for the values, the elemental uh, values of storytelling. Yeah. It's like in terms of like you were saying the hook, like, uh, like all right, it just sort of raises the question of, okay, where are we? Where is this going? What, what, is, what are we doing here? And then just try and make that suspenseful and just take them on a journey. And uh, it's so interesting for a film like that where you know a lot of people are ultimately going to watch it on their phone too. Yeah. So if you turn on your phone and you see 15 minutes staring at you, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, but if you see four minutes, it's like, okay, I can do this. So that was part of the thought process too, yeah. yeah. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, what's always been frustrating about shorts is they get denigrated because they're not uh, thought of as professional or official or as the real thing, yeah. which is it's the same thing as a writer with short stories. It's, they're thought of as secondary to novels. Yeah. And I can understand that because a long form achievement takes more time and energy and investment of, of you know, emotional or, or sometimes physical resources if it's a film. So that, it's an understandable distinction, but the, um, 
Yeah, I mean, short films are amazing. I mean, you can do amazing stuff. Like Martin Scorsese, his movie um, Life Lessons, he has a short. It's in a, there's, there's a New York Stories is a, a collection. He does one, Coppola does one, and Woody Allen does one. Yeah. And it's like 37 minutes long about, and Nick Nolte is playing a painter. And it's one of Scorsese's best films. I mean, it's like, and it gets overlooked, but it's like it's every bit in league with his masterpieces. Like, in, and in some way, he's liberated by not having to go too long. You know? Right. Well, you know? and I think we are coming up to, a, an era, a newer era, where uh, shorter content, you know, as we see, we, we do the era of TikTok at this point, right? Mm -hmm. So people are already like, give me five seconds, give me 10 seconds, which obviously isn't quite what we're talking about, mm -hmm. but I think looking at Black Mirror, looking mm -hmm. at Love, Death, and Robots, uh, these anthology series that are coming out, we're having films that are as short as five, six minutes in these anthologies, and all the way up to 15, 20, 25 minutes in there. But that that gives me hope that there is an a growing and looming appreciation for the short form content and that as we as we grow into that I think we will be able to I mean there's there's not just an audience for it but there's an enormous amount of people capable of making short form content on the cheap as opposed to having to do a full studio length two hour movie with a giant blockbuster budget we can pump out you know five thousand dollar ten thousand dollar films um, you know Every, every month if we wanted to. Yeah, that you're 100% right, and I hope you're right, and I hope people appreciate them, and it does all seem to be gelling and dovetailing together in terms of people streaming things, watching them in an anthology form, watching them on the, on the internet or on their phones, and uh, yeah, it, it would be wonderful, because it's, um, uh, there's so much potential in them that I still feel as many shorts are out there and as many festivals and short filmmakers are out there, I think there's still a lot untapped about them yeah. because they're perceived as calling cards and they're perceived as practice. Yeah. So you end up with, like, as you were saying, when you guys when you guys took your swing, you're like, oh, we should redo this because you end up with shorts that are more like scenes. It's like, yeah. okay, this, is, this is, looks like it's a piece of something bigger, but what if it's just a whole piece? Yeah. yeah. You're listening to The Shortcut. With that, let's wrap it up. Final thoughts for uh, any short filmmakers listening to this. Oh, do it. Go do it. It's so exciting to make a film. I mean, it's. I always tell people, like, right now I'm dealing with, in my career, major league producers in two configurations, and it's so exciting. Like, it's exciting to a degree where I've lost sleep. It's like, wow, this could really happen. And you never know. It could also go to zero, but but I'm playing that game, and it's it's, it's like being in the NFL. It's, like, very intense. I'm learning things about the legalities and the uh, interpersonal relationships. All that in mind, and I'm, truly, I'm not just saying this to be friendly to the topic of the show. Um, I get so excited about my shorts because the medium is so exciting. And I think about, like, because First Impressions is my favorite thing I've directed. I always think about uh, working uh, with the editor, Randy Stout, on that and how excited we both were, like, the fervor for the uh, compositions and the cutting and the sound and, like, just really sinking our teeth into it. It was like, it was like just a, a, once we had picture lock, I was, like, levitating for, like, four days. <laughs> like, it's like, wow, that's exciting. So, yeah, it's just, um, it transcends ideas of money, of, of making a living, of commerce. Um, any short filmmakers that are inclined, like you're so lucky at this point, like short filmmakers at this moment have gear that is so much better than what I had to shoot my two features. Yeah. I mean, it gets better every month. So yeah. uh, if you have like picture and sound ability and an idea for a story, you should do it because this is one of the most exciting mediums to work in. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Wise words for from a wise man for hopefully a wizened audience. Uh, thank you so much for being with us, Eric. Uh, audience, thank you so much for joining us. Rhoda is in the background here. Thank you for being here as well. We'll see you next time. This has been The Shortcut. Thank you, Chris. 
The Shortcut is sponsored by Stage One Creative Spaces, professional space for the creative professional. Get it done at Stage One.